there, everyone, and welcome back to the Tough Like a Girl podcast. I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Liz. And this one, oh, this one's special. <laughs> oh, it's this, really special. This one, folks, I got to tell you, when, when I first conceived of doing this, um, even before I had floated the idea to you of, of being my co-host on this, this was on my short list of things that I needed to do. <laughs> so yeah. get, getting to introduce you to this particular piece of work. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've been waiting you on this for a while. So. And, uh, and this particular title, I mean, this, this, this <laughs> had a pretty good run. This, this was turned into a TV show that was fairly successful. It, That's right. And uh, so, of course, we're talking about Witchblade. Oh, yeah. Witchblade Volume 1, which actually I had to work my butt off to get a hold of this because this was what I wanted you to read. Because this oh, is the thank you. This I, is I am I am honored that I that I got to This is the very this. beginning of this story because I I know there were later I don't know I don't think it ever got a proper reboot, but I know that went different directions under different creators later, and from what I could tell the later stuff was better regarded, and that was a lot easier to get a hold of. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, why would we want anything that's well regarded? Oh, no, that's no fun. And Miss Sarah's stupidity? Why would we want that? So, <laughs> I think Liz might be tipping her hand a little bit here. <laughs> so, what we have, uh, we have, this is, it's apparently plotted by three people. That's, that is how, how intricate this story is. It is plotted by David Wool, who also gets um, script credit, uh, Brian Happerlin, and also the pen, the uh, artist for the pencils, Mike Turner, gets a co-plotting credit. Uh, Christina, goodness for Mike Turner and his artwork. Well, we'll get there. Uh, someone only known as Christina Z also gets script credit. Inks by D Tron. These are real credits, I swear to God. I know. Well, I mean, why would you give the woman a last name? <laughs> uh, colors by J.D. Smith and Nathan Cabrera. I'm going to go really loose on this synopsis, and then I'm just going to kind of let Liz loose. Um, <laughs> so what we have Thanks, here, <laughs> what we have is we start with a, sort of your generic shady businessman who's into the occult character. Um, by the name of Kenneth Irons, who has Kenny. 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 I. <laughs> <laughs> so he he has in his possession a gauntlet known as the Witchblade that he's had for a while, and he's been trying to figure out how to make use of. Because how do I put this on? <laughs> it's I mean it's dangerous and. Like, people who have tried to put it on, it has a tendency to eat people's Bad. hands at the wrist if it doesn't want them. Um, it's like Cookie Monster got mad. <laughs> and it... Um, it's not as fuzzy and cute. <laughs> it, it manages to latch on to um, a police detective by the name of Sarah Pizzetti. I'm uh, sorry, Pizzini? Pizzini, I Pizzini, think it is. yes. Yeah. Sarah Pizzini, who... Pez. Pezzy. Yeah, Pez. Pez, I think she goes by. And who was, you know, trying to infiltrate and break up some other shady stuff that he was doing and ended up with the gauntlet on her. And then, of course, um, 
Kenny. <laughs> is, Kitty eye. You know, goes through. Not Kenny G. Kenny eye. <laughs> tries to go through various things to, to, you know, send people after her to try and get get it back and get the power for himself. While at the same time, she's trying to figure out what the hell's going on, how best to use it. And we get introduced to other characters, blah, 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 blah. Tell me how much you loved it. Um, well, I will say this. I actually kind of like the premise of it and like the idea of, oh, there's this mystical object and it has a new wielder every generation and it's latched on. And like, I, I thought at first, like, oh, cool, it's a cop. And like, you know, she, she's got to have some like street smarts and stuff to her, which did not hold true at all. Uh, but on paper, it's not a bad premise. I know. And and the writing wasn't quite as awful as I thought it m could have been. So... <laughs> I mean, I, I'll be honest. The writing wasn't why I needed you to read this. Yeah, it was it wasn't perhaps the artwork. Oh, the glory of this artwork. So, my understanding is that the Witchblade's major power is its ability to shred Sarah's clothing off her. That seems to be its number one priority. <laughs> yes. Not that she usually is wearing a lot to begin with. Well, no. Like, literally the very first image we have of her is um, we have a hand, we have cleavage, we have lips, and then we have a butt. We have, yeah, we have a thong and some butt. And, like... And now I know that if I'm ever going, like, to undercover for a drug deal i need to wear like red spandex and like knee-high boots i don't even think this is spandex i don't think this is any substance known to man to be honest i mean it looks painted on her maybe it is thing. maybe it's like one of those like but it, body paint body paint oh, maybe. yeah yeah, yeah like I, a, could, I could buy that yeah because actually yes we have we have nipple outline there you can see her navel. Oh, yep, there is nipple outline. Yeah, you can definitely see her abs, and yeah. I, I think I think we figured it out. It's not a dress, it's body paint. Oh, okay, so she wears that body paint. And that's all time. before she gets a hold of this thing. I know, that's even before of the, like, mystical clothing shredding powers <laughs> of the witch blade. <laughs> is, is, is it really the stitch blade because it tears apart all the stitches <laughs> in her clothes i like it i like it the stitch blade <laughs> oh my gosh now before um, we get too far you you had a question that you had a, that you had asked me and i said ask me when we're on mic oh i was gonna ask like what words am i allowed to say like how many bad words say whatever say you want that? i will bleep as necessary i will actually try to hold back but my <laughs> Goodness, Sarah is a moron. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, she wasn't that bad at first, but this whole falling for Ken Irons, like, oh, a man, a mysterious rich man comes to my gym. And then later on, he like, he demands that I go to a party in the middle of the night and like brings me some clothes and I'm just going to go for it. And I think he's the best thing ever. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. How are you? Not only how are you a cop, how are you like a functioning adult woman? <laughs> like, how have it's... you not been, I don't know, but like, just, oh, she's worthy of a Darwin Award sometimes. <laughs> like... Yeah, that entire, and again, it's something that like on paper, 
wouldn't be like on paper it makes sense for the guy who wants to manipulate her and get the and to get the power of this witchblade to try and get somebody in with her on that level but to have it be himself and the way that it's gone about it honestly she she kind of gives bella swan a run for her money a little bit uh, yeah i have not read any of the twilight books or seen the movies but i'll take your word for it because man she's dumb oh gosh wow like well at least bella swan had the excuse of being in high school <laughs> I don't know what happened to my throat there. I, but she the, just she just gagged you with her stupidity. That's what happened. Couldn't handle it. But yeah, Sarah does not have any such excuse. She has to be at least in her late twenties because she's made detective. She's pro honestly, she should be in her thirties. Oh God, <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, like maybe the like witch blade snatched all her brains along with the clothing. <laughs> like, I. I mean, some, some it has to be powered somehow. Maybe it's powered off brain cells. Yeah, I don't know, but. Uh... And then the switch around, like, once she's like, oh, Ken's evil. Now I will show him I am all-powerful. Look at me. I'm like, oh, none of you are worthy of this witch blade. Like, <laughs> I want to find someone else who has some brains so it can, or is not, like, the typical diabolical evil so it can snatch that person's clothes off instead. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that that's another thing. It. It just kind of latches on to her, and yeah, she is worthy. Uh, how? Exactly? Uh, Why? I, huh? I, we don't get much backstory to her. We know she kind of liked her old partner that got shot when it latched on to her, um, who was married. And we know that this other guy, Jake, likes her and is trying to protect her which she tells him off, even though he's absolutely right. And then there's a lot of other weird subplots. There's like, for some reason, her neighbor, <coughs> Lisa, is a model who keeps going to these places where there's a lot of scantily clad other models or... Oh, because that's, that's so we can have these lovely two-page vertical spreads of one, two, three, four, five, six! There it is. Scantily clad, one flat out topless, but her back's to the reader. Oh, there's a navel ring. Oh, I don't think we got enough. Oh, we didn't get enough red spandex in the beginning. So nope. we needed multiple nope. people so, in the red body spandex paint. We've got full body on her. We've got the cleavage rocking there. Mm. We've got, oh, she's in straps Ooh, on top of you. everything else. And then we've got the whatever this same body body latex material is in black for these three that one's getting strapped Variation. in they're really showing like you know depth and variety here. oh yeah. yeah 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 and then later on there's like someplace she and sarah's sister actress model sister go to where it's like some kind of kink night and i don't know these both these circumstances have nothing to do with the rest of the as, they, <coughs> i'm sorry i have a cold but as far as i can tell and i get excited and i start to cough more and like it's a lot but i can't what do they have to do with the plot <coughs> 
the plot is an excuse to get, to get us from scantily clad scene to scantily clad scene. You're assuming the plot has any other function. There's your first mistake. We do, though I will say at least we get Nottingham once very shirtless and ripped. So yes. That. Not, I not, wouldn't say it's equal opportunity scantily clad. But not even close. Not even close because Ken's got to wear his power suits and even the 15 year old, her midriff needs to be showing. Yep. So gross. I was just at um, that. Uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. Hey. It's a hot mess. Like, and the, the other thing I will say is like, there is a lot of like, bubbles leading to people talking that weren't on that weren't pictured on the in the panels and like that would throw me and yeah it was you know and and even if we get beyond the um jesus the <laughs> oh the cover the covers for the issues are probably the best part because they're so exploitative yes it's e ridiculous even if we set aside for the moment the extremely visually exploitative nature of a lot of these images. Uh -huh. The art's just bad. It's It's got the long, like, flowing hair on the men, and it's very, like... Well, the thing is, you can always or tell. Or, like, the tower where they're fighting, and it's, like, a fiery inferno, and it's, like, out of Ghostbusters or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was ridiculous, except Ghostbusters obviously did it better. But... <laughs> here's, it's such a mess. It's here's not the even thing a for hot me. mess. It's just a mess. When, with the art, on any given page, you can always tell what image a lot of time was gone into. So, like, right now we're looking at the midriff sporting 15-year-old. So, you can tell... Yeah, that's what we need the art, the work to go into. Again, setting aside time. what's actually drawn for a second. But you can tell a lot of work went into this image. It's very carefully rendered. And then basically everything else in the fall in the in the two pages like that's sloppy. You can barely tell that guy has a face. <laughs> that the geography is crap. Did she just break her neck in that fall? <laughs> like that guy's got no face. That guy's I don't even know who that is supposed to be. They didn't establish him like you can tell what effort was put into which is almost always a scantily clad woman and then everything else <laughs> is drawn really sloppy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is peak 90s. This was, uh, this was published through Image, but under Top Cow. So... Top Cow. Top Cow. Oh, there you go. I've all, I've heard lots about Top Cow. Like, when it's Top... It's not like, you know, Top Goat. It's Top Cow. <laughs> <laughs> Moo. Um, but yeah, no. this, this is, this is very... Very 90s and very image of the time. It's uh, yeah. This kind of explains to me why I didn't get into comic books as a as a girl. If this is what was available. Well, I mean, at the time that we were, yeah, at at the time that I was buying this stuff, which would have been like your <coughs> opportunity to sort of get in on it. Yeah, this was um, this was pretty typical. Yeah, I don't feel like I missed a lot then. You really didn't. The nine, the 90s were, um, they, oh, God. I forgot about that one. We oh, have, yeah, we have she's, a, she's curled up naked and... We have a full... Jake's bed. Full page splash of 
her naked, but for a thong, which I don't even know why they bother, bothered putting that on her because she's in such a position that it wouldn't, yeah, it doesn't. and does there's it, other times where she's not wearing one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So she's basically naked, but for the gauntlet on her hand. But we don't, it, it hurts, she's curled, so we don't see um, nipples. Yeah. <coughs> it's um, just... It, I will say that it is very strategic at covering the witch blade uh, at covering definitely showing us like under boob and full cleavage and and sometimes like you know hips and butt and whatnot but making sure it covers her like labia and her nipples and I'm not sure if you, those things will get beeped out but <laughs> those, those get covered just so you know it's not completely it's soft porn it's not... I mean, like, well, first of all, the TV show was not as bad as this is anyway, but, like, there's a reason it was a it was a basic cable network oh, that, that aired this. Oh, basic cable. As opposed to this a... Uh, this, this sounds like some quality, like, maybe, like, Skinamax. Skinamax. Like, Showtime. This would have been very at home at Skinamax or Showtime circa 2001. Yes, I'm thinking of, yeah. I was a Queer as Folk fan, and this would have gone well with it. <laughs> so, like, we talked, we did touch on how the premise on paper isn't bad. It isn't. Is there anything about the actual execution that did work for you? I I will say I liked one character. Oh. I liked the police chief who was kind of looking out for her and popped up occasionally. Mm -hmm. I liked him. I didn't totally hate Nottingham. I did not like, a uh, spoiler alert, that both he and Ken were basically thrown off the, like, tower roof of wherever Ken lived, and that's how they both... Like, they even died the same way. And we don't, e we don't even see their gory bodies. Of course and, like, we don't, because they have to come back. Oh, please. It's, com Lucky it's, us. it's comics. No body, no death. Oh. oh my god. Even that um, rule doesn't hold anymore, but at the time that was still the rule. I didn't of thumb. always hate Sarah, but she got really stupid when she went. And like this whole idea of like, oh, I'm throwing a party for a cure for cancer. I'm like, what is this? Who falls <laughs> for this crap? Like, seriously. I mean, like, she's like, oh, oh but it would such mean, a good soul. It would mean so much to her to have a man. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I'm, I'm watching her. I wish people could see this. Your the way your head just goes into your head. I watched her read the tail end of this, and she's just sitting there cradling her head. It's so painful. It's so very painful. It took me. I mean, it's not boring. I mean, at times, like it's a little predictable, but I wasn't super bored. It ain't dull. I'll give it that. But it took me a while to get through because I could just be, I just had to be like, no, I can't anymore. I can't <laughs> even. I just, oh, several times. So <laughs> had to put it away. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what, yeah, I guess Nottingham was okay. And I did legitimately like the police chief, but he was such a minor. He is pretty minor. Character. He's also pretty generic, but I mean, he's a, he's a cliche that works. 
Yeah, he was nice and not trying to hit on her, which was like... About the only guy who didn't. Yeah. Oh, and also can we point out how many of the cops hit on the 15-year-old? Oh, right, I suppose. Oh, God, there was that really, like, skeezy one that kept, like, picking on Jake and her and whatever, and he was obnoxious, and I... Yeah, the 15-year-old plot was weird and creepy. Really creepy. Thanks. Thanks, creators. I'm really wondering about you now by putting a 15-year-old with a bare midriff and having adults hit on her in there and not having her really have any function to the plot. Yeah, that makes me wonder a little bit. So, um... Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to make the leap and say, uh... Somebody has knocked out Ghost in the Shell for bottom slot. Out oh, of the I don't stuff know. I really didn't like Ghost in the Shell. Wow. But really? maybe, yeah, maybe. Though, I did like the premise of this more than Ghost of the Shell. And, like, I, so I would be curious to see, maybe, I've heard that there's a spinoff of this that's like a teen series, and I looked at the cover art, and it does not look like this cover art. And uh, I might look into that. That switch, switch. which is, <laughs> which is funny because you you only figured that out recently because, um, so, would I say a friend or uh, my ex? Okay, you're fine. We're still friendly. We're still talking. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, I, your I memory, a, my memory was that he had recommended Witchblade to me. And I was like, oh, so he recommended Witchblade to me. So, yeah, we got to read this because we got to see what this is. And then I was like, geez, Louise. I mean, like, he might not have known me that well, but he <laughs> must have been like, he, no. A anyone who has known you for more than 30 seconds should know this is not <laughs> your bag. Yeah. So, like, I was like, okay. And so I recently spoke to him or messaged him, and I was like, wait, was it Witchblade? And he was like, no, it was Switch. It was a spinoff. And I was like, okay, that <laughs> does make more sense now. Okay. But I think Witchblade being a more, I mean, Switch is just a typical word. Yeah. But Witchblade stuck in my mind because he had probably said it was a It's a better title, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so... I'd be curious to see what Switch is about. I mean, not right away. <laughs> we'll we'll, t we'll get we'll give you. A break. I like the character of Witchblade. <laughs> yeah, you, so you you like the gauntlet. I like the clothes shredding gauntlet. Maybe it should tone that down if it's going on teen hands. It definitely should. <laughs> I hope it never ends up on Lisa in this version. But um. Again, the premise, the idea of a witchblade in this, and that it was kind of cool that it was supposedly on Joan of Arc. I like that idea. I do not like the art. I don't really like the writing. It's, it's a mess. I mean, I on honestly, <coughs> for me, it, it is the art that completely sinks this because the the premise is fine. It's a perfectly suitable comic book premise. The mm -hmm. story is. Not great, but it's not terrible. The characters I mean, are kind of... The, the lead character isn't great, but certainly the plot is not... It's a little generic, but it's not inherently terrible. But it's the art that is really... It's the art brings... Everything that is sort of slightly iffy about this, the art brings out the worst of all of it. Uh-huh. 
It is the worst. Yeah. It's the Trevor. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> of comic book art. It kinda is. We've 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 been watching The Good Place, so when <laughs> If you've seen The Good Place, Trevor. Trevor's the worst. So this is the Trevor of of the comics. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh, Trevor would like this too. Oh, I I bet she has a leather bound edition in the bad place. Oh my god. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap that up there. Um, I. I'd say I was sorry, but I got exactly the entertainment value I expected to out of you reading this. Oh, my head. So I'm constantly cradled in my hand and me just shaking my head and being like, no, really? Oh, God, no, no. I, I, here's what I'll do. I will not put in a intentionally painful ringer for a while. And in my defense... I signed up for this. I was you, like, yeah, let's go. You did. Let's and, go awful. And also in my defense, it took it, it took over a year. No, it took over two years of us doing this before I handed you something knowing you were going to hate it. Yeah. There have been some other things that I've really not liked, but yeah. This no, but I, this was the first thing that like I knew. <laughs> I knew that there was no way you would like this. <laughs> oh, and you were correct. Yes, I was. It's not like you liked it either. No, I didn't at all, but I, this this goes in a category along with things like Brigade, which if anybody listened to the now more or less defunct 90s comics retrial, when I did my review of that, of Brigade number one, it was <laughs> awful, but it I had an absolute blast reading it because it, I had so much fun laughing at how terrible it was. And that's kind of what this was for me. So it's not good. I don't like it, but I had fun reading it all the same. I wouldn't say it was fun. It got me all worked up when I had a cold. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm sorry even a little bit. And I'm <laughs> just going for pity points. So. All right, we're going to do a promotional <laughs> break. You can... Have another hot toddy. You'll be fine. Okay. And, uh, and I'm gonna we'll, need it after reading that book. I'll make it for you. And we'll be back with listener feedback on the previous episode. Hey there. Welcome to the Mirror Factory. I'm the foreman, Max Romero. So let me tell you a little bit about what we do here. The Mirror Factory is a podcast where we talk about your favorite passages from novels, novellas, and short stories. Each episode features a different guest, who will tell us a little about the book their passage is from and why it means so much to them. Then that guest will give us a special reading of their favorite passage for our listeners. If you think you'd like to be a guest on The Mirror Factory, drop us a line at Factory Mirror on Twitter, The Mirror Factory on Facebook, or at mirrorfactorypodcast at gmail.com. The Mirror Factory is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Time to get back to work. Until next time, read a book. All right, folks, so we've got listener feedback from the previous episode, and we actually got a fair amount of feedback on this one on a number of platforms, but um, for what we're going to directly respond to, it is going to be uh, the comments left on fireandwaterpodcast.com. That is the best place to leave your comments uh, if you do actually want them read and responded to. We're happy to get, you know, hear from you elsewhere, you know, on the Twitter, on, the fa- on Facebook, and all the rest of it, but to actually get responses, this is where you want to put it. So... 
Um, we did Death, The High Cost of Living. Oh, that was a good one. That was good. <laughs> Much better than Witchblade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't compare them. And uh, first comment came from Brian Linton. Said, I'm ashamed to admit I haven't read as much of Neil Gaiman's work as I would like. I'm really only familiar with the books of magic, which I loved. The Sandman series is on my list of books to read before I die. Now it looks like I'll have to give Death a try, too. The book, I mean, not the final life experience. Though I guess I'll be giving that a try, too, someday. Congratulations on reaching the show's second anniversary. Thanks, Brian. Um, so, for me... Neil Gaiman is mostly hits with a miss here and there. My favorite Neil Gaiman is Coraline. Um, well, you did not like American Gods. I know uh, that. That is a miss. That is a solid miss. And I have not gotten back. I will eventually, because I know you like Anansi Boys. I do. I And I like it better than American <laughs> Gods. But I, I, I really did not like American Gods. It's too meandering for me. Um... I mean, the no, thing is, honestly, I, I tend to I tend to like his comics um, or, or his work in mediums other than novels more. I like, I mean, like I love Sandman, um, and I like he. There was an episode of Doctor Who that he wrote called uh, "The Doctor's Wife" that I love, um, and he's usually pretty good with other comic book stuff. But <clears throat> with his novels, like I really like Neverwhere, and I like Stardust. I like Stardust. I don't love well. it, but I, I like it. I think I feel the same way with Stardust that you do. I have not read the Graveyard book. I have read the first volume of the comic book adaptation of it, which I know is probably sacrilegious, but yeah, I did whatever. like that. Um, I will eventually get to the Graveyard book, but I, I really do like Coraline, <laughs> and I, I like I like the graphic novel adaptation and the film adaptation of it. So all things Coraline, I pretty much love. I mean, the, what I would say with Neil Gaiman is, even at his worst, he's still interesting. There were parts of, um, I I, that I, I, st like. I don't love American Gods. American I still, Gods, I could not think. Of I it still for a think it was interesting though. I was I was not interested in some parts of it. All like right. All right, well, next up, we've got Siskoid. And he said, haven't read that in a long time. Thanks for the trip down memory lane. Death Talks About Life, which was a promo giveaway at the time. So this was the, the sex ed thing. <laughs> yeah, which is great. And I'm glad to see it was included in the collection instead of Lost to Time. That I've had occasion to return to since. My roommate some years back dressed as Death for our comics-themed Halloween party and did the whole banana shtick. And he actually included <coughs> pictures from his from his blog. Oh my gosh, that's great. I did not see those somehow, but that's great. So, yeah. There. <laughs> I have a friend who has cosplayed Death several times and she looks awesome as it as Liz. Her, my her friend or my friend's name was Liz. Wow, I'm like so out of it with this cold. But yes, yeah, she's also did Jessica Jones recently and looked oh, awesome cool. as that. So yeah. She's got did, the pale skin and dark hair, so fits well for both of them. Think us. you can take the next comment? Yes, I can. This is from Bradley Bradley Knoll and he says, I reread the Sandman books reg I reread the Sandman books regularly. This is my favorite storyline related to the series. It's a fun read. 
it's definitely the quickest Sandman related thing that you'll ever pick up. It's yeah, it's good, but like Sandman is dead. Yeah, it was. So. I actually, I think I like Death better. I've read one volume of Sandman, and eventually I'll get to more. But Neil Gaiman, I need to take breaks from because he's he's heady stuff. He yeah, he tends to be. <coughs> so next up, Tim Price. Oh, Tim, you never let us down. Yay, Tim. Uh, this is a long one, so I'll take it. Thank you. Hi, deathers. No, sorry, I mean punchers. Much better. My history with this book is typically unusual. I didn't get into Sandman as it wasn't in my wheelhouse when it started. Even when I'd heard more about it, the epic length of the story was discouraging to jump into. So I didn't know anything about that book, but I'd seen this version of Death somewhere before the mini came out. Now, I might have this wrong, but I believe DC asked readers to vote for characters to get a miniseries at that time. The Martian Manhunter came in second place, getting his nice. American Secrets mini, and Death came in first, <laughs> leading to this mini. Or they, Death. or they placed the other way around, not positive. Look at me not doing research. The freedom. I know, Tim! Isn't it liberating? Yeah. Research is... Know, it you, just bogs you down. Have you noticed I'm not taking notes anymore, though? I think, I I don't think, I think the only note you would have ended up with reading Ridgeway just would have been, <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, <coughs> probably. But yes, embrace the laziness. Mm. But anyways, he says that at the time, he didn't buy Death's miniseries. But after it was collected into trade... I bought a hardcover copy sometime. I have no memory when or where, but I obviously did it. It can be less daunting, too, by um, by a trade than picking up a series. It can be less daunting to buy a trade than to pick up a series, even a mini-series. I have lots of minis missing one or more issues. The pain, oh, I feel you on that, Tim. I've got, I've got like, so many. I have, like, two out of four on a mini-series. That's a pain. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and wow, love this book. You both gave all the reasons I do. Incredible, incredible atypical story, but perfect for death, spending a day among the living. I'm a huge fan of Chris Pachalo's artwork, so that was a gimme. And Dee Dee was a delight, leading the somewhat exasperated I Sexton. Love her so much. Yeah. On a mundane and somehow miraculous adventure. For a reader who's so used to the superheroes, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I would say that Theo's passing was very important to Sexton's story. First, Sexton had the scare at the dump with his figurative and then literal staring death in the eye and asking for help so he can live. Then he sees what dying truly is like. Nowhere to hide or pretend it's not a big deal. Sexton needed that to grow up and face his convictions outside of, of a heat of the moment scenario. Maybe the story could have gone without this scene, but I thought it cemented Sexton's story more firmly by the end. <coughs> mm -hmm. I <clears throat> I might cry a little during Dee Dee's final scenes. Oh, it's, it's Maybe. Funny. Yeah, no, it's it's okay, Tim. Side note, at Baltimore Comic Con last month, I got some comics signed by Mark Buckingham, forgot to bring his book, ah, and a young and late and a young lady helping him cosplayed as death the whole weekend and she was perfect. And did I get a picture of her? Of course not, because I'm clueless. Thank you for another great episode, my punchers. Happy Halloween. Yeah, death is 
a relatively easy but like great cosplay. I always smile whenever I see it. I'm like, yay! I think the only thing that is complicated about Dead that depends whether or not you want to go for the. Well, if you want to cosplay Death or if you want to cosplay Dee Dee as Death. Because cosplaying Dee Dee as Death is a little bit easier because you can just go for well, a pale skin tone. If yeah. you're cosplaying Death proper, you got to go white on the skin. Like yeah. white, white, and that's a little more work. No, I meant Dee Dee. Yeah. No, that's, she's, she's a little easier. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she's great. I've got um, one of the pieces of artwork that I've commissioned over the years from cons. I have a... I think it's the first issue of Sandman Overture. Um, I bought uh, one that one one of the ones that has a blank uh, cover, so mm -hmm. that you can get you can draw on it. And I ha and I commissioned a an artist to do a a, a death nice. piece on that. So I, I have a that's my commissioned death art pieces on the cover of uh, uh, the first issue of Sandman Overture. So that's that's cool and fun. So thanks so much for the comments, everybody. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Do we know what we're doing next time? I think we're doing Princeless. Yes. And I, I'm looking, I'm thinking about it, and now I'm going to say that, like, that death, um, the high cost of living is probably, I still love Coraline, probably my first favorite, but sec definitely my second favorite for Neil Gaiman. So, yeah. Good so, stuff. So, yes, Princeless next. Princeless. We're returning to the kid-friendly stuff. And, um, and also maybe as a... Um, as a bonus, since the since next one will be out in December, so it'll be our last one of the year. Do you want to like do a ranking of what we've reviewed this year? Oh, we could. We could do the whole shebang. Well, if if you want to get that ambitious, we can give it a go. <laughs> Ooh, maybe. Okay. We could. Do, we. I'll think about it. Okay. So possible bonus material there. Assuming, <laughs> we like to keep you guessing. Assuming we and, don't forget that we said we want to do also, this. And also, Liz. Liz can't decide things, especially when she's so tired and sick. All right. I won't make you make a decision right now. Okay. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you in a month. Bye. Bye. Tough Like a Girl is a Council of Geeks production and a presentation of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Feedback can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on the Facebook page for Fire & Water Podcast and Council of Geeks. Our logo art was created by Nick Buxom, and our theme music is composed and performed by Erica Dreisbach, whose other works can be found at ericaricardo.com. Bye! <laughs>